T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Thank you. Thank you, Maria. This is Johnny Rabbit. We are at your service at KMOX. Kevin Colleen. Wow, he's making an impromptu appearance today. He's just got finished <laughs> washing the dishes. Did you wash the dishes or do you have a dishwasher, a mechanical device? Are you speaking to me, Mr. Rabbit? You don't wash the dishes, in other words. No, somebody no, else. We washes have a dishwasher. And uh, when you called, I was asking, you know, we have one of those cards on the front, clean, and then you flip it over and it's dirty. And I was mm-hmm. saying, is this clean or dirty? And then you said, who is this? <laughs> well, good luck. Thank you. You'll need it. Well, Kevin, it was nice to see you just uh, last week. Just from my yeah. last week, there you appeared. I was just getting a haircut, and who rushed in the door? I mean, it was like I, I thought it was Clark Kent coming in. No, it was Kevin. Yeah, the reason I was calling on you is uh, our friend and uh, sort of a, a, a man well-known about town had died, Greg Romberg. Right. He was he was big in construction. He owned his own uh, company, New Way. He was on the Missouri History Board, the Kirkwood uh, Transportation Museum, and then he had his own, like, one-man Citizen Kane's Wonderland where he collected all the stuff in his uh, his own warehouse. And he was just a figure larger than life among those who sometimes uh, collect things and try to sneak in something past their wife, you know, (laughs) and say, oh, we've had that a long time. But here's a guy that he had, he had square footage the size of a Walmart supercenter filled with fire trucks and wooden horse carousels and pinball machines, slot machines, old big signs that he would lower down off the sides of buildings, uh, you know, just to save them from the wrecking ball. Sure. And he he seemed to be a man. Let me ask you this. Yes. What drove him? It was like he was trying to protect these things from going into oblivion. That was his mission. I think that's true. Yeah, he wanted to he wanted to protect the history of St. Louis. These devices, these artifacts, generally speaking, had something to do with St. Louis from the Industrial Revolution on. You know, even into the '60s or '70s, depending on, on what it was. Could have been a pinball machine, like one of the original pinball machines, up to something that maybe you played in the uh, back in the '70s. And of uh, a merry-go-round, everything, everything operated, everything was restored. It had full-time staff just taking care of these things. He just didn't throw something in the room. Ah, it looks okay. It had to look perfect, and that's what what he did. And he he, he collected St. Louis uh, uh, very much. Uh, you know, if you could compare the Missouri History Museum, the Missouri Historical Society, with Greg Romberg's private museum, which, which was called the, or is still called the Antique Warehouse. And if somebody wants to look at the some of the material, 
You can do it on the Internet. Don't say Antique Warehouse because that's owned by somebody in Canada. So you have to put in AntiqueWHS.com, AntiqueWHS.com, and you will see some of that collection that Kevin has been talking about. And we were uh, when we did that interview, we were standing outside of an Ethiopian coffee shop on Olive Street Road in Olivet, and they were right behind a giant gold eagle. I think... Now, if Greg Romberg had seen, I swear to you, seen that gold eagle, he would try to get it if it had some real connection to St. Louis or was historic. I don't know why the gold eagle is there or not, but it is. So that's what was there, yeah. is there, and who knows what's going to happen with it. I, I don't know. I hope I hope his family will continue on with it. It's a, It would be a big project, just the upkeep in a place like that. As you described, a Walmart-sized facility needs air conditioning and needs heat and needs some. You have to have insurance and I had yeah. a huge project, but it kept him alive. It kept him going for, for yeah. so many years. And, you know, we all think with our junk that we can't take it with us. And I know he was a religious man. He was a, a strong Catholic, and he knew that, you know, this is a short deal we got here, and I'm going to have to let go of all my stuff. But I still think he was kind of thinking, like, there's something worth saving here for somebody else to see. And you were mentioning how he liked to restore stuff to its original pristine condition. Sure. Some of his best friends in the collecting community used to rib him about that. That, hmm. uh, You know, uh, Bill Chrisman, he's a big sign collector. Yep. And as an example, Bill Chrisman has a sign from outside the Coral Courts Motel. And Chrisman has it just sitting out in the rain, you know, <laughs> what do they call the drama of decay? You know, it looks very authentic. <laughs> but uh, Greg Romberg used to say it pains me to see him leaving that out in the rain we should get it in and spray paint it and scrape it down so he liked to get everything back to zero back to its original factory look yeah that's very true uh, there's he, a lot of times on these and his it was a big collection of porcelain neon signs many times those signs have been painted over for another business that may not be when you see a certain name may not be what it was originally but it's still there you can go back and get the original sign by a lot of care and a lot of restoration. Yeah. Well, let me say something real quick. Yes, sir. It's not just you and me talking about this guy, but yeah. uh, while we're speaking, I just got a text from St. Louis Alderwoman Kara Spencer. She mm-hmm. says, I loved Greg Romberg. And also, I remember Romberg was friends with former Mayor Francis Slay. Yeah. Uh, Romberg, among his many sub-collections, was Keys to the City. You know how they have a ribbon cutting and they give somebody a key to the city? Sure. Well, uh, Francis Slay used to go in there and haggle with him and say, will you sell me this key to the city or that one? <laughs> so he knew a lot of people. He sure did. That's for sure. Well, Kevin, thank you so much. I know you got to get back to the dishes, so let me keep you. We'll, we'll talk yeah, soon. Never ends. I know it. Goodbye, right. Kevin. Thank Take you care. so much. Kevin Colleen yeah. from KMOX. Uh, next on our agenda today, David Anderson. David is going to be here in just a matter of a couple of minutes. We're going to talk about what he does in St. Louis. We're going to talk about original art, and he's creating a, a giant, giant painting in a place where you can actually go to see him work. So we'll talk to David about that and some other things related to art. Next after that, uh, John Gunther will be here to talk about architecture, and then we're going to have another art-related subject after the 2 o'clock hour. This is Johnny Rabbit at your service at KMOX. We have the noted artist David Anderson in the studio with us right now at KMOX, but you're in another studio, your own art studio. Where do you have your art studio, David? Well, I just moved it, uh, Ron. Uh, it was in the uh, one of the Kranzberg properties, uh, Ken and Nancy 
allowed me to rent it at a very favorable price. It was near the Fox Theater, but I had to move out of there. It was very large, 2,500 square feet. Wow. So my new studio is uh, in my home at what was the townhouse apartments across from the Basilica. Oh, sure. What is it now? It's not the townhouse anymore? It just got sold a week ago, and it's now going to be called The View of Forest Park. Can you see Forest Park from there? Uh, We can't. We're on the top floor, 23rd. (laughs) We can see the roof of the Basilica and all the way straight down to the arch, but we cannot see Forest Park. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a clever name, no no doubt about it. That's right. You know, there is, um, I I don't know if you... um, no, Glenn Holt. He was the executive director for many years of the public library in St. Louis. He lives in Seattle now, and he he lived at the St. Regis. Oh, right there uh, on Lindell, just a half a block east of King's Highway. And he said he's so glad he doesn't live there anymore because of that giant building that he describes as looking like a giant asparagus that would block his view of Forest <laughs> Park. Even though he's oh well, and another building's going to be built there too. I think uh, Sam Copler and. Associates are going to build a big building on the corner of uh, southeast corner of Kings Highway in Lindell. So you're away from Grand Center. You have your own operation. You got a great view, and of course, uh, I see that you're always yep. You're working. You have your uh, paint splattered smock on. Your, um, <laughs> David is wearing a black beret. You have to have that. And look at that large artist palette. Now, wait a minute. You, do you paint in oils or do you paint in watercolor or both? I paint in, well, I am capable of painting in all mediums. I'm better known internationally for watercolor, Mm -hmm. which I did exclusively for five or six years. But now I paint probably uh, 75% in oil. Hmm. And it's in oil that I'm doing this very, very large painting for the St. Louis Club. Now, this is, uh, not to be confused, people think, wait, that St. Louis Club used to be on Lindell. That's gone. That's been gone since 1925 when there was a big fire there. It was redone for the Woolworth store. Uh, so I guess there wasn't a... I don't know that there was a St. Louis club after 25 until around 1970-ish when the current club opened. Uh, the current club is in the Pierre Laclede building at uh, Hanley and uh, Forsyth. But it's going yes. to move. Or it's, is, has it already moved? No. The new space uh, is under construction. It's moving Kitty Corner to the Centene Plaza C building, um, and it will be on a much lower floor. On the Laclede building, it's on the upper floors, mm-hmm. three floors. It will take uh, a couple of floors in the C building um, and pl- hopes to open April 1st. Now, this, what do you mean by the C building? How do I find Let's say I want to go to the St. Louis Club. You say, well, just go to the Centene C building. Where's, what the, the heck does that the mean? The three Centene buildings are named A, B, and C. The original building is A. Mm-hmm. The relatively new one is B, which is on the southwest corner of Forsyth and Hanley. And the C building is the very tall one, very large, that Tony's Restaurant is oh, in. yeah, yeah. Uh, Right there at the at the uh, southeast corner. I'm assuming you eat every day at Tony's and spend most of your time there. Just uh, I can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> Tony's is quite a place. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be uh, doing a presentation 
this coming Wednesday for Aberdeen Heights on Italian history of St. Louis and the hill and the little Italy. And I'm bringing to show a, looks like to me, about a 1955 menu of Tony's that literally is about three feet tall. (laughs) It is the biggest menu in my menu collection. It's gigantic, but the prices are not big. I mean, I can't remember the prices offhand, but... Uh, it a little different pricing today. But when I talked to you uh, this past week, you were having a bowl of soup somewhere. Where was uh, on the fourth floor of the, the C building, the entire fourth floor is a fabulous uh, food court for all the tenants in that My building. Gosh. And it, you've got a the building is very secure. Uh, you've got to um, have a special badge to get in everywhere. But the food court's fabulous. I'm painting this large, large painting off the lobby or in the new lobby mm-hmm. on Forsyth. And so I go up there for my bowl of soup in the midst of the painting. <laughs> That's great. to have identification to have your lunch at the food court. Well, it reminded me for simply because you had to have some kind of identification as far as being a city employee or something or related uh, one of the great dining spots for lunch used to be the cafeteria at Malcolm Bliss Mental Hospital. Over, <laughs> it was absolutely terrific, but you had to show all these IDs or badges or something to get in. Now, you talk about a big painting. How big is the big painting? Well, the, the painting is intended to go in the new entry to the new space for the St. Louis Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wanted a painting 16 feet wide and 8 oh, feet tall. That is big. And uh, I would need a warehouse with garage doors to paint something that large, right. and it's very hard to get a canvas that large. Um, so they uh, agreed to downsize it. The one I'm painting is 8 feet wide and 4 feet tall, but they're going to, when I finish it in about another month, that's still a very, very large painting. They're going to photograph it and have it printed on canvas, and the, that will be mounted across the the entry of the new the new club space. Is this in oil? In oil. Gosh, that's, is it going to be framed? Uh, well, since it's going to be built in, oh, the moldings uh, from the entry will be its framing. Mm-hmm. That sounds terrific, but they, what's the subject? Well, they um, they wanted a river scene, but I felt that uh, we needed to tie the city into the river and everything about the city. So I'm painting a view of the Mississippi River from the east end of the Eads Bridge. The Eads Bridge isn't in the painting. I've done that separately, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a view looking downriver with river traffic. And the skyline of the city, including the arch, is to the left or to the right in the painting. And there'll be a little bit of the Illinois shoreline on the left. Any boats in the river? Yes. There'll be uh, line boats pushing barges, uh, probably a tug or two. Um, I haven't decided how much I should populate the river with craft. I'm waiting till I get a little further into it to see. I don't want to make the painting too complicated, but we need to tie the two together. That's terrific. Something that's going to be there for a heck of a long time. Oh, we think so. <laughs> I, would hope, I would hope so after all that work. And David is an American artist. Uh, 
works right here, as we said, in St. Louis. And a lot of your works are exhibited in several states, several countries, several museums. I have paintings in nine museums. I'm a U.S. Coast Guard artist, member of the Salma Gundy Club in New York City. The what oldest, is that? The oldest art club in the U.S. Salma Gundy? Salma Gundy. What, a, is that, what does that word mean? Well, it's uh, like an Irish stew, but it, it's uh, <laughs> not familiar to most Americans. But that club, especially at the turn of the century and into the 20s and 30s, every noteworthy American artist was a member of the Salma Gundy Club. And, wow. Um, but anyway, that uh, I paint all over the world. I have exhibited all over the world. And now we're working for this month and a half on this big painting for the St. Louis Club. Oh, that's going to be terrific. And can people watch you do the work? They can. They can come in and watch me paint. In any certain hours? Well, I'm generally there from 10 until I tire out because I stand and paint. <laughs> oh, And it man. takes a lot of concentration. So maybe three, perhaps later, uh, but certainly um, beginning about 10 every day. That's terrific. You know, the painting I saw of yours, I assume it was sold, the Fox Theater. You did a beautiful painting of the Fox. I've done two. I did one in watercolor, and I recently did a very large oil that in the rain. So it, uh, I love it. So what happened to the paintings? The, the watercolor, which was a large watercolor, sold a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I, the, my gal- the gallery that represents me um, in Webster Groves uh, still has the other and is available for sale. What is that gallery? McCoggan and Burr. That's an old place. It's old been company. around since 1840 and still in the same family. <laughs> no kidding. I didn't realize that. No kidding. 1840. Yep. Gosh, that's another good story for us sometime. Yeah, on the Camel. Yes, it would Talk be. about that. <laughs> now, I'm, do you teach art? Do you have I do. students? I teach watercolor and oil. Uh, did you know James Godwin Scott by any chance? Watercolorist? I did not. I know his work well. He retired uh, to Arizona or uh, New Mexico, one of the two. I think but Arizona, but I'm is, not sure. He has passed. Yes. Now, he was, he was a great guy. I studied art under him. Long, oh, you did? Long, long, no, longer <laughs> than that ago. So, <laughs> well, thank you. I know where there's a. Oh, I got to ask you about artificial intelligence. And now there, today on uh, CBS Sunday Morning, there's a report on uh, writing, and there's been a report on art that's being created by AI. I saw it. <laughs> All right, that's enough of that. <laughs> Thank you very much, David. Thank you. I, uh, I appreciate being on, and nice seeing you again, Ryan. Nice to see you. I hope we'll talk again soon. This is Johnny Rabbit at your service. We're going to study some architecture, maybe even talk about the building we're in and the building that uh, is right across the street from us here at the Park Pacific Building and the Ford uh, Ford and the Plaza Apartments, the official name. And then, well, we've got a lot more planned. I hope you can stick around this afternoon. This is Johnny Rabbit. You are on KMOX. And we are Johnny Rabbit and John Gunther. John Gunther is with us right now, and he is an architect extraordinaire, the official architectural advisor of the Johnny Rabbit at Your Service show. He didn't know that. One of his honors. He has so many honors, it's ridiculous. I've looked at this thing, and it's like, you've got this award and that award, and 
And I want you to get a little closer to that microphone, John. Um, and he is situated here at our Studio B microphone in the Park Pacific building. And if you look out the window, now I'm looking out to my right, can you see that red brick building over there? T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. There. It's not quite see it. Okay, quite. Can't quite. Well, that's the Ford Apartments. Okay. Our officially called Ford and the Plaza Apartments when it opened in 1950, designed by President Jay Bradshaw who passed away three years later and was his final building. And he did so many buildings, as you know, Chase Park Plaza Hotel, Melbourne Hotel, et cetera. Um, <clears throat> now, that building uh, is, I don't know, would you call that mid-century modern building? Yes, it's one of the earlier modern uh, designs uh, by him. And it's interesting as he span- his career spanned uh, quite an interesting time period. But uh, So he's done some more historical buildings as well. But uh, certainly that looks towards the future. Yeah, I guess it did. It's certainly yes. different than the other things he yes. has done. And most of the, the the ones we talked about were the 1920s. Yes. I guess that would have probably been his big decade. I, I discovered a, a little lodge on the bluffs of the Mississippi River while si- sailing by one time. And I, we came to find out it was designed by Preston J. Bradshaw. My gosh. For, for the Levises who own the, the glassworks in Alton. My goodness. And it's an English cottage-style vernacular. Red tile roofs and steel sash windows and half timber and brick. It's it's quite lovely. How interesting is that open to the public or just? It, it is not. It's uh, it's, it's, it's it's part of a um, religious institution now. Ah, I see. Mm-hmm. Okay, now there's the building we're in. Yes. Uh, designed by Moran Russell and Crowell, 1928. It's the originally Missouri Pacific Railroad building now. And then Union Pacific for a while, now the Park Pacific building. Now, what is the architectural style of this building? Well, I, I think of it as uh, the beginnings of uh, sort of the of art deco, art modern period uh, with its verticality and, and uh, you know, reaching for the sky. So, and, and the step back lines are quite lovely as well. And uh, I would point out that Moran, Russell, and Crowell, are actually the descendant firm of H.H. H. Richardson from Boston, one of the greatest firms yes. of all time. So they came out here when when St. Louis was booming, and 
in anticipation of the World's Fair and, and other great projects. There are Richardsonian buildings in St. Louis, There, There are, yes, yes. There's one that remains um, just uh, just uh, uh, west of the, um, the, the um, Powell Symphony Hall, as a matter of fact. That's the red brick building yes. on the mm-hmm. south side of the street? Yes, correct, uh, yep. Can't think of the name of the family, though, yes. but it escapes me. Uh, the different uh, style in mid-century modern structures, the period, the years would be from, what, 30 to 70? Right, or? 1930 to 70 is a very good time frame for mid-century. And what do we have? What did you, I know you've been, had worked on the Shanley building. Yes. Now, what is the Shanley Building? A lot of people might not know that name. Well, um, Dr. Shanley uh, was a dentist, and he was seeking a very modern building to go with his modern practice. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so he, he, um, uh, he was looking for the, the latest uh, styles, actually traveled to Chicago to see an exhibit there. And when he came back, he, um, he, he found uh, Harris Armstrong. And, and Harris Armstrong uh, designed a very, very sleek, if I will, very uh, modernist building, actually the first modern building in the Midwest. Mm, and it, it received uh, numerous awards and accolades, was widely published. Uh, but it very horizontal lines, white uh, plaster exterior, uh, emphasizing the horizontal. It had a lovely waiting room that opened up to the south in a, in a sort of a double-story height. It had all custom-designed uh, uh, finishes and furnishings in that room. There was a there was a ceiling, a constellation on the ceiling for, uh, I guess, the little children as they were waiting to visit the the, the dentist to look up and notice. Huh. There was maps on the wall, a beautiful built-in seating, and irons uh, in in the fire uh, next to the fireplace. It was it was really really stunning and beautifully laid out. Even even the lighting fixtures were custom designed. Gosh, now isn't it? Is it still? I mean, the building is still there. The well, building is still there, thankfully. And I want to uh, say uh, give a thanks to Steve Brown and and Balky Brown and Trans Western for uh, saving that building. It was at one point considered for demolition for a, a, a replacement, a high rise uh, apartment building. But uh, Steve Brown, uh, who I've worked with in the past at uh, the, on, on the designs for the Grand Central Office Building and the powerhouse at Union Station, they found a way to save that corner of the site, build their new residential development, preserve the Shanley Building, and and during the COVID times, the pandemic times, he was thinking everybody's working from home, so how about if we take that dentist building, turn it into an office space? And then let people who who rent space in the apartments use that for temporary office spaces for their Zoom calls, their meetings, and sure. so on. So oh, it's a, it's a, a really <laughs> interesting adaptation. So adaptive reuse is is a very important uh, feature to pursue these days. Oh, yeah, it certainly has to be. And we've, you know, that that is saved. That building was built when uh, uh, in the 1930s. Mm-hmm. And what are the other buildings like that in St. Louis? It's something similar. There seems to be one on Big Bend that has a Similar oh, look. It's in white. Yes, yes. That was a um, that, that was uh, by Mutro, and and that was a, a brick uh, building. Um, as I as I think it was another uh, a doctor's office as well. He had an apartment above, mm-hmm. and then and then the uh, his uh, his uh, waiting rooms and and medical practice uh, just below, and that all faces uh, and, and again a very beautiful art art, art modern uh, sort of a streamlined look. Yeah, I think right. originally it was painted white, white brick, mm-hmm. and then he became a partner with Bernudi, William Adair Bernudi, so Bernudi, Mutro, and Bauer. What about the um, Deville Motor Hotel on Lindell? 
Should that have been saved? Was it that a mid-century modern? I believe I believe it was. Yes, yeah. I, I think you know. Anytime we we lose those, it's a it's it's a shame. Sure. It, it well, it is. Now, yeah. what's going on with the Optimus International Building in Lindell? Well, that is under further review. I think there's some renewed interest on the Optimus Building by another developer now, and we'll wait to see. Uh, but the hope is that at a minimum, it can be preserved and adaptively reused. It meaning the corner building, what we refer to it as the pavilion building, mm-hmm. um, and and it's about a story and a half, very powerful form with cantilevered uh, structure um, and and a very expressive structural system, and then the idea is how can that be repurposed, and then if uh, one wants to add additional uh, uh, residential units. Can those go to the east and to the south of the building, perhaps a new L-shaped building? Uh, one of the buildings that is there currently would need to be taken down. It's, a, it's an eastern mid-rise block uh, of lesser significance by the same firm, though. And, um, but, but that one, if that had to uh, come down, at least it could make way for a new uh, residential tower that could serve the needs of the developer while still preserving the iconic gem that's on the corner. The developer is is a definite that uh, uh, it's 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 all in progress right now. In, in progress, sort of like tuned, the Jefferson yes. Hotel. Stay stay tuned. And the uh, railway exchange building. Right, oh, right, mm. right. Well, now that the railway exchange building has been condemned or whatever the terminology mm-hmm. is, and all boarded up, do you think that's going to help uh, it be redeveloped? I, I certainly hope so. I actually, when I returned to St. Louis in nineteen. 19- 79, that was uh, my first office space there. I was working with Gene Mackey there. Oh, yeah. And we yeah. were uh, up, up high up on there uh, on that, uh, at the t- near the top of the building. And magnificent views. It's a wonderful full block of a, of a building with an interior light court. It's, it's rife with possibilities. It truly is. And I, I certainly hope that people are creative in how they think about repurposing it because it, it, be, it would be absolutely a shame to, to oh, lose that magnificent building. Yeah. But uh, hopefully, hopefully uh, some creative ideas will come forward. A lot of terracotta there, as we have in this building and several others in St. Louis, like the old General American Life Insurance, Missouri Life mm-hmm. Insurance building. Yes. I had 15th and Locust. Did you grow up here in St. Louis? I did, yes. Born and raised here. A grade school? Uh, yes, I did. I, I uh, Actually, I was near CBC, the old CBC High School my first year of life, and then my parents moved out to the country. Oh. Uh, so we, we lived in, in a home that was actually dated back to the 1700s, but it was the, it was the, um, um, uh, the caretaker's house for the Ganahl Dairy Estates, and you might know it as the barn at Lucerne now. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but that was all part of the complex, but uh, that's where I grew up, and uh, in those days uh, I attended Holy Infant hmm. uh, grade school. High school? In, in Baldwin. Uh, attended Chaminade High School and on Lindbergh. And um, I, I have to say, as an architect, I, I am always so very grateful. I'm grateful for the generalized education I received there. But I have to uh, share one story with you. I took a technical drafting class my senior year with, with Walter Resch. And he, uh, he gave us an assignment to uh, design a house or measure a house we lived in and do an addition. And so I did the secondary, and, and I, I drew up a, a, a cabin in the woods that we had, and I, I proposed an addition to it. And when I turned it in, he asked me, have I ever thought about being an architect? Oh, my god! And those eight words changed my life forever, <laughs> and it's been a wonderful 46 years. So, <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? So I owe so much to Shamanad, Mr. Resch, for pointing me in that direction. Oh, he, he did a great job. 
Uh, what if you hadn't been in architecture? What was your? Do you have a goal? Do you have a, a path I, in mind? Or? I cannot think of anything else. This is a this is a calling and an avocation. Oh gosh, <laughs> uh, a lot of tasks. You were involved in the Fieldhouse Museum, Eugene yes. Fieldhouse. A lot of people visualize the house. Yes, and now there's a museum. There's a museum. Yes, um, and and it was a really interesting assignment. It was to create a new museum of a certain size. And uh, what this the, the original field house was one of twelve in a row house, and and to add on, we looked at the original. There was it was the last one of twelve standing. Mm-hmm. So the new building occupies the footprints of the original row houses. So you might say the addition is a ghost row house, mm-hmm. and we only had mm-hmm. enough program for the first floor, so that's why it's a one story building. Right. But literally, when you look at the facade. Uh, every door and window is where it would have been had it been in the original row house, even including the glass bridge that links to the original building. So everything is on that same module. See, what you can see when you see it. When you take a look. Sometimes exactly. you go, okay, don't just pass buildings by and yes. just wonder, why is it that way? Well, by the way, uh, John Gunther, who, as I said, has more awards and honors, and Carter has little liver pills, will return with us in just moments on KMOX. Johnny Rabbit, we're at your service, and we being myself and John Gunther, uh, architect here, we've been talking about a lot of stuff, And but there's you've, you live way out west. Yes. You designed a city hall out there. Yes, yes. We had the privilege of designing the new Wildwood City Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, back a while now. We founded the city in 1995, uh, but uh, Powers, Bauer, Sox, and Associates, and myself and a group of others, uh, we teamed up and created uh, the new city hall there. That's terrific. Downtown Main Street. Now, coming down to the Grand Center area, there's a church, uh, what's left of it, a Grand Center Spring Avenue Church. What's the story with that? Well, it, it is a very wonderful historic church. Um, sadly, it burnt and the roof burnt away, and now it's known as the Open Roof Church, is <laughs> one of the terminologies for it. Uh, it has been stabilized, and the interiors have been. Uh, you, you can walk through it. It's an open-air uh, park-like setting, if you will. And then there's a, there's a pathway that leads up to it. Uh, prior to what is there today, I was part of a design team that came up with some fascinating ideas for new landscaping. But one of the things that was very moving, Ann Hamilton, who's an environmental artist, came up with an idea to have speakers in the ground with the choir's voices rising up and emanating from the earth when you stood inside that space. Uh, a beautiful idea, sadly, a very expensive idea. I can imagine. So, uh, so we were we were not able to realize that. But but I am so grateful that uh, the Pulitzer Foundation has, has has saved that building and and has stabilized it, and it's open to the public. Do you think they'll ever finish it again and put a roof on it? Put it uh... I, I don't think they will, and and I think it's really ele- really elegant in its in its current state to to be in uh, mm-hmm. in this beautiful outdoor space, an interior space originally. But but uh, currently outdoor. And might I also add Theodore Link, the architect for Union Station, sure. his residence is was just to the north side, to the left of that church, and you can still still see its foundations. Oh my gosh! So there's a, there's wonderful <laughs> interconnections in history as you connect the dots. Well, yeah, the name Chaffetz, you know very well. Yes. But now this news just came out: Major League Pickleball. Coming to St. Louis, the St. Louis Storm, owned by Richard Chavis, operated by his son, Ross. It's coming. It's going to be in a league of 24 teams. Season is going to actually start next week. Even uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, has a a pickleball team. So do you think there's going to be a new pickleball Chavis Arena? 
Oh, I actually, I would hope that the uh, the Schaefer says is accommodating and flexible enough to actually have it inside there. Uh, so uh, maybe they can work out a schedule. And uh, because uh, I was uh, fortunate enough to be part of the design team sure. uh, in, in designing the Schaefer's Arena back 2003 to 2008. And, um, and part of our mission was to create a very, very flexible multi-use facility. So it's 10,600 seats, not a bad sight line in there because it was designed for basketball only, not to accommodate hockey, but basketball only. So all the sight lines emanate from the court and everything's uh, very well worked out, and acoustics are really good. But there's great concerts there all the time, as well as the athletic events. So hopefully we'll see some pickleball there I'm, as well. I hope so. You yes. never know. What yes. the heck? Uh, the, the zoo, you did some work at the zoo as well. Yes, yeah. The south entrance to the St. Louis Zoo, this goes back to 1979 to 82. Um, the, uh, when, when we arrived at the site, it was simply a, a sloping lawn. Uh, into a yard inlet. The train track was there, but there, if you may say, there was the, no there there. When you arrived, there was no sense of arrival. So when you when you pass through the existing brick arches, um, we created a new plaza, and then around that plaza, we created a pool of water, and around that, we created a train tunnel. And when you pass through the train tunnel, the waterfall comes over the opening in the train tunnel, and there's even an overlook where you can look back on the plaza. So I, I love it. I, I go back from time to time, and it does my heart so much good to see the families posing, taking pictures, uh, mem- memorable pictures of their families in front of the waterfall <laughs> there. So it's it's a great uh, public space in St. Louis. Now, you don't just build the buildings and let it go. you got to go tell people about your adventures. And you do that recently. You're coming up with Oasis. Got a yes, couple of yes. Things. Yeah, I love to share uh, anything I learn about architecture in general as as well as uh, design. So coming up for Oasis um, very soon on February 2nd, it's a Thursday uh, morning, um, at 10.30 a.m. to 12.30. It's a, it's a two-hour session. Is my first part of talking about the architecture of Rome across time. I had the good fortune of, of traveling there in 2017, 18, and 19 for 10 days each in the summers. Uh, with my wife Jane, and we, we uh, while she was attending meetings, uh, I was able to walk about Rome. I actually walked one trip. I walked ninety miles on foot in ten days. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> I surprised myself. But I that's guess. how wonderful Rome is. Is you just go from place to place, and, and you take your brownie camera with I, you. I, 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 I start, the first year I brought all my cameras. By the last trip, it was my iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> but because they take wonderful pictures. But at any rate, the first uh, the first session will be talking about the origins of Rome, ancient Rome, the Roman Republic, classical Rome, medieval Rome, and Renaissance Rome. And then there's a follow-up, a second session uh, on the architecture of Rome across time on the following Thursday, the 9th of February, 1030 to 1230. And um, and in this one, we we, uh, delve into more of the modern works of of Rome, uh, Baroque Rome, uh, and then the structure of the city, and then the architecture of early modern and modern Rome. So I, I hope folks can tune in because th- this is from firsthand experience and observation of m- the magnificent architecture of Rome, which is a truly a, a city of layers. It's just, you can see uh, ancient Rome right alongside modern Rome. It's it's a magnificent city. I truly love it, and I, I look forward to sharing it with people who can attend both in sure. person and via Zoom. And if you want information, here's the OASIS number, area code 314 
4859, extension 24. If you hear that paper uh, turning in the background, that's him counting his $100 bills. That he just, oh, <laughs> not true, not true. John, uh, before you go, uh, name five buildings, if you will, in downtown St. Louis that our listeners should take some time to look at. Now, I've selected five, so let's. And I, I warned him about this ahead of time, so it's, I'm not just trying to catch him on guard. Uh, let's find out if any of ours are the same choices. Uh, yours are first, if you will. Uh, the Gateway Arch, of course, doesn't count because we're not going uh, east of 4th Street. Oh, well, that's not fair. That's the absolute beginning point <laughs> <laughs> and the origins of our city. So uh, even though it's outside the boundaries, I'm going to go ahead and say the Gateway Arch. It's, uh, it's a magnificent, uh, 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 magnificent yeah. You've got to follow the rules. The, I'm sorry. I'm breaking the rules. Um, uh, the... Uh, Alongside the the arch there and, uh, you know, the old cathedral and the old courthouse are two magnificent structures that one must see and appreciate in person. The Wainwright Building by Lewis Sullivan is the first expression of the modern high-rise building. Uh, It's classically composed with a base, a middle, and a top. Uh, But there's an exact, uh, wonderful example of terracotta. Mm -hmm. And the terracotta, when you look at it, it's based upon the hop leaves. Makes sense. And so he's actually advertising what Mr. Wainwright did right there for everybody to see. Um, There's another interesting building just to the south of it, uh, which is now the Spire building. It's a a parallelogram. It's it's two uh, triangles with a cylindrical cylindrical, um, uh, lobby, glass lobby. And it was designed by Philip Johnson. And and it was one of his last uh, modern works of architecture before he went into the mid-century modern. Oh, yeah, interesting. So so that's another another one to take a look at. Um, I would encourage folks to go see the Lambert Building on oh, yeah, Washington yeah. Avenue. I had the privilege of, of working on the restoration of that in 1984 to 86. And we, we created a whole new arcade uh, right through the, the, the main length of the mm-hmm. building. And, Beautiful and shops. Yes, yeah. thank you. So... So those are a few. Those are good. Now, let's hear yours. Unfortunately, we've just run out of time. Okay. I'll give mine a little later on. (laughs) I don't have any of those, though. Well, if can I wish you one thing? I wish you a happy Lunar New Year, the year of the rabbit. Thank you, John. (laughs) Come fly. This is Johnny Rabbit at KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.